But I was pissed that the girls I liked didn't like me the way I wanted them to. You're like I a guess. third grade incel. I was a fucking incel, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I like called a meeting with the girls from third grade Mrs. Hedegaard's class and I lined them up in the fence and I was like, you need to respect me and like me and I'm cool. And they, and they went, uh, fuck you. And the next day they lined me up at the fence and bawled me out for being a fucking asshole. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. The Literate Apecast is a production of LiterateApe.com, and the apes would like to advise you that inappropriate language and themes may follow. If you are easily triggered, best to go listen to a public radio podcast. Play you something real quick. I like when you play things for me. I, I feel like I feel like you're serenading me, like you're outside my window with a boombox or your or your cornet. Hey guys, so like I'm in the middle of editing, and my Instagram account got deleted, and I'm trying to get it back. I'm calling everybody I can, and I don't know why it's not working out for me. I'm in LA because of this. I'm in LA because I want to be on Instagram and I'm randomly just recording this to put this in the video. I I am nothing without my following. I am nothing without my following. And when people try to hate on me and report me, I'm literally trying to be a fucking better person. I want to say to everybody that's been reporting me, think twice because you're ruining my life. Because I make all of my money online. All of it. And I don't want to lose that. And I know people like to see me be down and be like them and be like the 90 percenters, the people that work 9 to 5. That is not me. I am in LA to not be like that. I worked so fucking hard to get to where I'm at. And for that to get taken from me is the worst fucking feeling in the world. It literally sucks having people want to come after you for no fucking reason. It hurts. And I don't think people understand that, like, this is my fucking life. I am nothing. I was a fucking prostitute, for God's sakes. I was a fucking prostitute. I stripped every single day. I don't even do that shit anymore because I make all of my money online. This is uh, from a YouTube that I sent you. It says, stop the Instagram haters. It is a young woman. I don't know how old she is. Um, and she has made a video, and she is crying throughout, and her her issue is that the only thing she's ever been good at in her whole life is being an Instagram influencer, and that she's got 22,000 followers, and she makes all of her money online, and apparently she pissed some people off, and the haters... And I hope you. I hope you can feel the the air quotes that I mean. The yeah. haters have gotten her Instagram blocked, so her method of income is gone. It is the most pathetic. All right. The most <laughs> sad. It is the most ridiculous thing I can imagine. Her name is Jessie Taylor. Okay, so you actually looked her up. Okay. So you sent this thing to me, and I, I watched about a, It's about her, this actual rant of hers is like three minutes and change. On YouTube. Yeah. And I watched about a it, minute and a half. It will be in the show notes. It will be in the show notes because I got it. And 
I was like, I, one, I, I was like in the middle of my work day, so I'm like, I have shit to do, but I'm going to watch this thing real quick and see what it is, because show prep for tonight, you know. I got through about half of it and was like, D- I can't fucking take this girl anymore. I just, I can't. But I'll come back to it later. I've got shit to do. I'll come back. To it. And I came back to it. And like you did, I started laughing hysterically. Uh, so Jesse Taylor has had 100,000 Instagram followers. Which oh, is so a, she had 100,000. Okay. Which is a lot more than I have. And probably a lot more than oh, yeah. I probably Doing will what? ever have. Is she like a bikini model? What? She's... I, I mean, I'm, I so I so I watched this thing and I got into a hole of like, who is this woman? Yeah. Why is this a thing? And for the record, she has more. Let me just confirm this. Hang on. Uh, she has more. Okay, so she has fifteen thousand dislikes on the YouTube video. I, th- I thought it was like fifteen million. I thought she had more yeah, dislikes okay, on okay. The YouTube than she did followers. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know why she's famous. I don't know because I. In part of my day job, part did of my you day look gigs. At, did you? What's her name? Jesse Taylor. Jesse Taylor. Jesse with an I E. Uh, Jesse with a Y. J E S S Y, T A Y L O R. I'll deal with. I'll deal with uh, influencers, <laughs> like Instagram influencers. So I've got a client. I have, to, I have to write their Instagram, you know, social media every month, and there's influence they've got, and I have to work with them, and I don't work directly with them, but like. I, the influencer thing is kind of ridiculous. I get it. But a lot of them, like, what are you influencer for? Like, Okay, now you said she has 100,000 followers. On Instagram, she's got 11,000 followers. Well, she was booted this, off Instagram, so everything was white. Oh, so, so she's probably starting a, over. Yeah. This is her brand new. Okay, because she looks like, do you know how old she is? I would say 27. She's like 27, and it's basically, she's like a uh, hipster, has got long hair, big tits. Big, big boobs, likes yeah. To wear, likes to wear the, okay, got it. That's the kind of influencer she is. I get it. But here's, so her thing. Provides no value to anybody. Influencers are, are fun. Like, I get it. Influencers are like Michael Jordan being a spokesman for Nike, right? Like, yeah. he's an, inf- that's an influencer, right? Um when I tried to get Ira Glass to write the forward or a blurb for my first book about the summer camp. That's an influencer, yeah. Because he's I got, got Bill, influence. I got Bill Curtis to write a blurb for mine. That's exactly. an influencer. I get it, yeah. But these people that just pose pretty and take good Instagram photos and have some kind of personality that people catch on to or whatever, that's not a thing. The reason that Ira Glass, arguably, regrettably, and Bill Curtis and Michael <laughs> Jordan have influence because they've done shit that influences people it's they not just provided for t- value right uh well the whole fire festival the whole fire festival debacle right was predicated on the idea that that these these women that uh, i mean you know and i'm not going to say because my well, wife women was a and figure men. model it's women yeah, and but men. My, my wife was a figure model for many 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 years so i'm not going to disparage the act of modeling modeling is actually a really difficult profession and it's a respectable however, profession my mother was a model for however i'm not going to yeah. go to a, a, a world famous model with anything other than an expectation that she knows things about modeling but not that she has any fucking clue about a festival or a book or you know unless she's demonstrated somehow that she is that if all she's done like uh, emily radikowski just shown her tits on it's like that i, I get it 
there's certainly a market for it, which is sad given that there's that dichotomy in the Me Too generation. But, but like sake. in a song that was yeah. was plagiarized from a guy who sucks anyway. The best thing yeah. about him is his dad from Growing Pains and mm-hmm. the the Crystal Light Aerobics uh, Championships. But that's a sure. whole different topic for a whole other uh, yeah. conversation. Yeah, fuck, fuck off. Fuck yeah. what? And again, like if you're earning money, like good for you. And if this is your thing, good for you. I don't want to begrudge you success. I don't want to begrudge you joy or I any do. of that shit. I want to begrudge nah, both of those em. things. No, no. What you're using is you're using the vapidness. I mean, it's one of my favorite memes that I saw was uh, it was a picture of like road workers that were painting the highway at night. Yeah. And I don't know if it was actually painted or if somebody digitally put this on there. It was like it, it said, stop making stupid people famous. And and that's really what it is, is there is this, we've kind of kindred, we've entered. It started with, in my opinion, it started with like, uh, I can't remember what that, that Japanese kid that was on the first season of American Idol and he was such, William he was so, yeah, okay, there he yeah. was so fucking bad that he, he made a living off of being a humongous failure. Dude, he made an album. I know. <laughs> this guy made money, like real money. Yeah. For being suck ass, you know, and there are kids that make money just get hit in the nuts over and over and all this. And there's but something here's about the difference between the William Hung and the Kardashians are sort of like the apotheosis of okay, this, right? Because they don't have any skill, they don't have any opinions that matter in any way, but somehow, and I will say that this entire influencer thing has led to President Donald Trump. Absolutely. But he, okay, so let's let's talk about William Hung for a second. Then we're going to yeah, move yeah. to the to the Kardashians because I got two important things on both of them. The William Hung thing, he, he did provide a kind of service. It was a kitsch, ironic. Like here's this. Uh, I'm going to buy his album because, or let's make an album with this guy because he was such a hit because he was so terrible. But boy. He, but God damn it, man, he felt it, and he was in it, and that was genuine, and that was respectable. So there was some inspiration. He and people would listen to like, I'm going to support yeah. this guy, and I'm going to listen to it, it'll be funny, and it'll fade out, it'll fade and go away, and it did, and yeah. that was that. So I think that he did, William Hung did provide us with something, which was uh, heartfelt, shitty singing. Yeah, okay, and, fair enough. You know, so good for him. The Kardashian thing, Katie told me the other night that Kim Kardashian tweeted, I guess... Uh, that she's going to go to law school because she got that woman uh, released from jail. I don't know whatever any that of this was. Shit. I don't follow these. Idiots. There was she and and Kanye went to talk to Trump about um for with forgiving with the uh, pardoning this woman. I, I don't remember. I don't remember the details about it. But she got this woman off and the good and the woman was falsely accused and like you know grossly over imprisoned. Mm-hmm. So right on Kim, right on Kim Ye or whatever the fuck we call him. <laughs> Seriously, like all joking aside, I mean, if good you're innocent you. of the crime, any any prison time is grossly over imprisoned. Right, and I you mean, know let's what? And be if, if Kim and Kanye can use the ridiculous celebrity to get a innocent woman out on back on the streets, then that's good. Right use. on. Here's the thing. So Katie tells me that like that her tweet was like, you know, I was after getting what's her face off. I was inspired to go to law school and and help the blah blah blah. And I said, so it wasn't it wasn't her attorney dad that inspired her to be an attorney like yeah you know 
I don't mean like, and it's fine. Like I don't he care. Got OJ whatever off. whatever he inspires got you off. inspires you. Yeah, he got OJ off. He ran a lot of coke for OJ up his ass, oh, and yeah, that was absolutely. you know sure. Uh, but I think I mean the Kardashians, like yeah, they don't offer anything, and I think we've talked about this on this show. I've certainly written about it, but I've done a lot of research on this, and I can say. I wrote the first cover story profile on Kim Kardashian in a magazine. Really? For Racket Magazine, it was a Las Vegas men's entertainment magazine back in 2007. Uh, it was before, like, it was right after the sex tape came out with her and Ray J, Brandy's oh, okay. brother. And my editor calls me up and he's like, hey, man, you want to write the cover this month? And I go, uh, yeah. He goes, all right, it's with Kim Kardashian. I said, who's that? He said, it's, uh, it's Paris Hilton's best friend. She, she screwed Brandy's brother and made a sex tape. And I go, oh, okay. He goes, here's the thing. You can't talk to her about the sex tape. I go, so what's, what's the thing? She's like, oh, she's a socialite. So you've met parties. her in person? I had a phone interview with her. Oh, okay. And right. I'll tell you this, man. Fucking hand of God, one of the best interviews I've ever had with anybody. Oh, she, she was, was so she sweet. Was, oh, yeah. She was great on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Okay, yeah. So you've met her. Show, yeah, she's, she's really, on, really she sweet. Was phenomenal. Yeah. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Um, but she doesn't. Ha- I mean, but like, it's, it's this. It, well, going yeah. back to what's her name? What was Jesse Taylor? Jesse Taylor. Yes. Yeah. It's this idea that okay, this well, Kim Kardashian. Maybe that's sort of like the apotheosis. Okay, she is famous for doing effectively nothing. She's not the most attractive woman ever. She used she's, to be a. She used to be gorgeous. I think yeah, she fucked you know, herself gorgeous up. Gorgeous or not, she's not the most attractive. She's never been the most attractive. She's. We never have to pause been. there. What is what is the barometer for that? Who is the most attractive? I don't fucking. You know, I don't. Well, know. just name a celebrity no that, idea. like, you're like, yes, that's the most beautiful. That's my. Well, depends on what you're looking for. Well, no, you, but know, you, I mean, there's you a, said there's she's a, not the most attractive. So who would she's be? She's not. She's not like one of these uh, these like hot bikini models or I don't know Bella Hadid, these uh, Sports Illustrated models. You know, she's not one of them. She's not like hot like Kate Beckinsale or okay. Olivia Munn. You know, okay. in terms of like that Instagram sort of influencer thing. But I she just wanted to set followers. the barometer for who. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, okay. But she has more followers than anybody for doing effectively nothing. And you look at a Jesse Taylor, who's a young. I mean, obviously she's not. God, she's not twenty five. I mean, you know, who has decided that her goal in life is to basically capture that kind of fame. Yeah. And to capture that kind of influence using yeah. Instagram and pictures of her in like tube tops and whatever. And I don't I don't wanna I don't you know? I don't want this to become this what I'm about to say. I I'm I really am not dogging on her looks. I'm not body shaming or whatever, but no, no, from her pictures it looks like she is an off, 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 off off-Broadway version of of Kim Kardashian at her worst. Well, I mean, whatever. The black hair, the lips, like everything just... And it's like, you're just copying this thing where like lightning strikes, lightning struck with Kim Kardashian. Apparently 100,000 people liked it enough that they followed her and that gave her... That basically gave her a digital room for 100,000 people and those 100,000 people, enough of them ponied up cash that she she was making a living taking pictures of herself and doing videos on YouTube. And yeah, I don't know if I buy that though. I well, don't I don't know, I don't if, know I if I believe like, cuz she talks about in that in that little video that she made, she talks about how she makes her living on Instagram, that she's yeah. in LA so she can be on Instagram and here's the thing, bruh. I'm not in LA. 
I'm on Instagram. I didn't think you had to be in, Inst- in LA to be on it. But okay. So she's like trying to make it whatever. It feels like uh, Instagram, as an, like being an Instagram influencer, is the 1980s version of going out to LA and doing porn in an effort that one day you'll be discovered and you'll be in See, legi- you'll, exact, you'll, you'll, you'll do legit ex- movies for, for yeah, Harvey Weinstein. It's exactly what it is. And so, but I look at this and she, she talks about how she's twenty thousand dollars debt to college, can't go to college. Oh, that, that's my no favorite. Skills. She says I'm twenty thousand dollars in debt because of college, so I can't even go to college. What so f- what did you learn in college? Did, and I have no skills. Yeah, so what if did you, you go to college? $20,000 for college, what classes did you take that left you completely skillless? And what prevents you, if you have debt, what prevents you from going back to college? They want to give you more debt. Like, it doesn't make sense. You know, it's like the vegan, the vegan chef that was caught eating fish. Yeah. Did you see that? No, I you didn't know? see that, but yeah. Oh, yeah, this is a woman that, that made... Like like a million dollars a year, basically going online and talking about vegan health and vegan this and vegan that and 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 like you know it's like this self help this this thing sure and then and then somebody caught her on video uh, eating a plate of fish. <laughs> I swear to God, eating a plate of fish. And then she did this whole thing where she apologized, did this whole apology, a whole apology video, which I've never seen any video I've ever seen in my life with that many edits. I mean, like her face just kind of mm. twitches because it's edited so heavily. And she's just losing, I don't know what the, but at the time it was like she was just losing hundreds of thousands of followers people were so pissed off well, yeah. because they bought if into this you're disingenuous this, we're going to catch on it's uncanny yeah. that these people are making money I, on a, on a completely different thing joe rogan who is a fucking fear factor host and a stand up comic and a successful has, actor and yeah he has that well not you know he's not a successful actor he he was an actor but it's not like he was an A-lister, a B-lister, or even a C-lister. He had a good run on uh, radio. What was the Phil Hartman radio? He was he was in news radio. News radio, yeah. And that God, was that's about it. a great it. show. Holy shit. Yeah, it was a great yeah. show, but that's about it. Yeah. But the thing about it is, Joe Rogan is the most downloaded and listened to podcast in the world. Is that right? In the world, yes. More than us? And, oh, yeah. Way more than us. Or way more? Like four or five more. Like four or five hundred or four or five people? People. Okay, that that um, that I get. That yeah. doesn't upset me. But, okay. But I mean, this guy, this guy, and he does like three-hour podcasts, and he talks to everybody. Yeah. He's under attack by the left. He's under attack by the right. Which is really, a good just, place to be. Yeah, exactly. That and means you're doing it right. The game is good. Look, she stole. She stole this my guy, hat. This she guy stole went my hat. There. I was walking around. No, let me tell you something. I was walking Most around, the, and she went and took the hat off of my head. Of the groups in this campus, it does not matter. Most of the groups I have a freedom of speech are, to wear this hat. Your fucking freedom of speech is genocide, homeboy. It doesn't matter. Is that what you're trying my to represent? My freedom of speech allows me to wear that hat as much as I, I want. God, I you do I not get to steal year. my property. I, I paid for that. I bought it. It is mine. It is mine give it back you give it back are you people not going to do anything she's stealing my property just dial it i'll call i'll talk to them 
Look, I don't want to make a big thing out of this, I but do, that so is mine. Because it's so fucking that important. That is mine. That y'all are allowing people I was to up wear at the this retreat and on a campus that my has head. the majority people of color in this campus, and you let people wear it, walk around and wear this shit. No, no, no. Uh, let's look at this. Let's let's calm make down. Make America great again. It was never fucking great. Never. Then get out, honestly. If you what don't do you like mean, the country, get out. I was get born out. here. Okay. If you don't like it, so what? What you mean, out. get out? Where the fuck am I gonna go? Go to Mexico. Go wherever here. the hell you want. Give me How back my hat. How the fuck do you know that I'm brown? You don't know shit don't about care. me. I don't care. What do you mean Mexico? Give me my hat. That's all I want is my hat back. That's literally all I want. It's okay. I um, started none of this. It's okay. Let's let's calm down a little bit. We can talk as a trio here, but uh, let's try to just. So you're recording me like I'm the criminal here. Because, because you, stole, oh, because my you stole my property. That is literally a crime. Your ancestors stole this land. That is literally a crime. That is literally a crime. Can I? Can I take it? Can I be the neutral party and I'll take it? Let's get to the car. You see what I'm saying? Okay. And don't touch me. Make sure that you don't touch me. You're not welcome in the store. Okay. All right. Andres personally said yeah. you're not welcome in the store. Okay. Right, and your yeah. name is Jason. That's right. All right. No problem, bro. Have a good night. Come on. Uh, can I ask if the reason? You, if you, come on. Are you gonna touch me, bro? Without customers. Yeah, bro. You're, you're bumping me. Bro, you have the right to I didn't steal anything. You had a choice. You get arrested now, or arrested for what? Let's go. For what? Oh, trespassing for what? Trespassing. All right. You should. I'm saying, but you threatened me. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Trespassing if, if there's no order right, against you. Right. So, so, so you're a police Ultimate public freakouts. There's like 70 different volumes. They're all an hour long a piece. They're oh, just compilations. They're just compilations of people in public losing their shit. The first one was uh, a Hispanic student who walked up to a guy wearing a MAGA hat and ripped it off his head and decided to take it to the student union to give it to them. And he's he's videotaping her with his phone, mm -hmm. and they're arguing about whether or not he has a right to wear the hat. And Okay. The second one is um, a security guard and a store manager at a Whole Foods basically telling a guy you can't be in here we've been banned from the store and this guy is just he's he's videotaping them and he's just like you can't touch me you don't touch me i can be here who says i can't be here this is this is a private property yes it is just going back and forth these fucking videos for a while i thought what was that person by chance in the whole foods was that mc hammer it wasn't as far as I know, I didn't see his face. So they could touch but, him because MC Hammer made it very clear in 1990 that you cannot touch you him. You can not touch him, yeah. But this okay. is what's really interesting about watching these videos. That for a while, I got sucked in to these videos for a while. And I thought, what a bunch of hopelessly stupid people. <laughs> we are so destined. In fact, we deserve the extinction that humanity is, is beginning. Oh, I felt that way for years. However, yeah. one of the things that I realized, I thought... And you know, I stopped watching them for a while, but then I, the other day I, I just like started watching them again, and I realized 
Here is a positive thing about these stupid videos of like people angry because you put mayo on their sandwich at a fucking Burger King and now you can't get a refund or a woman or a woman sitting in a drive through videotaping a woman who says, I'm not going to give you a refund on this uh, blizzard because it doesn't come with peanut butter. They never came with peanut butter. So how can you eat? three quarters of it and then say I want my money back because there's no peanut butter and just arguing just screaming at each other and what I realized, the fuck what I don't oh dude I, I don't this even is, understand that, that that sounds like a story problem that dude, I had in like third grade math class I'm just and I don't you, get that at all the swirling sewage drain of this shit if you once you get into it you can't stop watching them because they're just idiots they're just people screaming at each other in the street parking lot stuff some guy i saw one last night where there's just this guy and his mom and there's just this guy who's punching his window and saying he's gonna fuck his mother's dick i don't even know okay. what it was yeah i mean it's just like but what i realize is there is something <laughs> positive that can I'm come from fuck these your mother's dick uh, you gotta watch it um is what I realized that is positive. <laughs> I know. I don't know why that's good. It, that's it's, just... Just, it's the best. I have one guy. I have one. There's one like, guy. It's like a, like a rape insult, violence, oh, mama you, joke. Like it's. This, there's a video of like, a guy standing out in a driveway screaming God. at a guy who's on his porch. And the guy <laughs> on his porch is videotaping him with his phone. And so I guess it's not tape. But the guy is screaming at him. And we don't know why. You don't have any context of why he's. But it's just he's so fucking angry. Yeah. Motherfucker. And this guy is such a dick as he's videoing him. He's like. Do I, are those tears? And this guy's like, I mean, he's got to be 40 feet from him, right? Yeah. He's like, are those tears? He's like, fuck you. And he starts beating on his chest. And he goes, did you just pee your pants? Did you just pee your pants? And the guy gets mad and starts stripping his clothes off. Gets completely naked and says, I will beat your fucking ass stark naked. Like, that's something. That's a thing. Like, beating somebody up stark Dude, naked is a thing. that's some Greco-Roman old school Dude. shit okay that is hardcore my point is there is a you don't positive fuck with a motherfucker who trips down to fight you you do not the fuck more with that. of these the more of these i've watched it's almost like watching an instructional series of videos of how not to behave in altercations it's like watching people not understand how to control themselves how stupid they look and knowing in that situation i don't want to do that I don't want to be that person. I don't want to go to a McDonald's and if they get my fucking order wrong, I don't want to be the person screaming at them yeah. for a refund. You know I mean? It's like, it's all about, and, and I, I, I am fascinated by the fact that I think, at least for me, it's like, yeah, these are, these are suddenly because I have a positive effect. I, like I don't even know where to begin with that shit. I I try to go through life, and I'm not I'm not perfect, but I try to go through my life, which as much as I want to make an impact, or or leave a, a positive impact, or s let me rephrase that. As much as I want to leave an impact on the world that is less negative than it is now, yeah, or more positive. Okay. Than, oh, fuck. I'm I'm just trying to say this in a way that doesn't make me sound like a fucking asshole. You want to minimize the negativity in the world with your presence. Thank you. See, this is why we do this. Thank this you. This is it. Yeah. Uh, 
I, mostly though, I try to stay out of people's way. Like if I'm walking down the street, I try and keep my speed up. I try and move. Like I always push the fucking drives me fucking crazy when people don't push their chairs in when they leave a restaurant or whatever, like just get it. So it's out of the way. Like, just think about the other people around you. You know, I don't care about the whole like talking on your phone real loud, like on the train or in an elevator. Like the reason that annoys people of there's tons, by the way, of bus and train altercations on these videos. It's amazing. The reason that that annoys people is because we can't hear the other side of it. If if that person on the other line, on the other end of the line was in the elevator or on the bus with us and they were fucking going at it or just having a conversation about what socks they chose to wear that day, we'd be like, cool, go on. You know, that that's it, right? Yeah. But I just try and stay out of everybody else's way because we all have shit to do. We all have shit to get to. Like, let's just fucking go. We're all just salmon swimming upstream. Let's move to the bear's mouth. Come on. Here yeah. we go. So getting that, and I get upset about a lot of shit. Oh, yeah. But I'll come home and I'll bitch about it or I'll go outside and I'll fucking, uh, fucking asshole or whatever. Yeah. Like, these altercations like what do these people think are going to come of it you when you lose your shit like that nothing good has ever ever come from it ever. and i know this from experience we have le- both yes i mean yeah. I, I i my experience came in third grade when i lost my shit on the girls in my class in third grade i've never told this story in public i've All never right. told this story but I'm, I'm it's only cuz i had a scotch now I'm a scotch in that it's coming. I get go. a little loose sometimes. Uh, but I was pissed that the girls I liked didn't like me the way I wanted them to. You're like I a guess. third grade incel. I was a fucking incel, yeah. 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 And I like called a meeting with the girls from third grade, Mrs. Hedegaard's class, and I lined them up in the fence, and I was like, you need to respect me and like me, and I'm cool. And, and they went, uh, Fuck you. And the next day, they lined me up at the fence and bawled me out for being a fucking asshole. And I was, what, how old are you in third grade? Eight years old? Third grade is like eight years old, yeah. That stuck with me. And the reason I've never told it in public is it's fucking embarrassing because I was an incel dickbag at eight years old. But I was like, after they bawled me out, I go, oh, I'm a fucking embarrassing asshole. I'm a shithead. This is not how you treat people. This is not how the world works. Nothing is worse, and it, it, it is. It's what I call the Mrs. Kravitz syndrome. Yeah, you know who Mrs. Kravitz is uh, Lenny's mom. No, Mrs. Kravitz was the uh, the neighbor in Bewitched who constantly was trying to spy on Samantha because she wanted. She just knew she was a witch and was going to prove it. So she was always this nosy fucking neighbor, and everybody in America, because they have access to a phone that has a camera has become the nosy fucking neighbor. It's like their business to police everybody else. And I got to tell you... Because Donna takes a village, hashtag Hillary Clinton. Yeah, fuck off it takes a village. Maybe it (laughs) takes a village to shut the fuck up because it's not your business... Give you know like get out of people's face because on some level right. I understand you know if somebody's I mean it's like there's a bunch of these videos where people are like there's a woman there's one video of a woman who refuses to let the checker in Walmart look at her receipt to prove that she bought stuff. Now the thing is the checker guy is not accusing her of stealing. This is just common practice. 
but she absolutely feels like yeah. looking at her thing is a violation of her rights. And so she's making squawk about it, you know? And so on some level, yeah, maybe, you know, it's like it's kind of an accusation that you it's stole something. It's a fucking something security the thing. They do that to almost and, everybody. But Jesus Christ, and I mean, like, 20 minutes of her videotaping this whole encounter and it is a non-stop argument it gets heated the cops get called and it's like okay i understand you 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 want to stand on principle but is it really that big a fucking deal because when i go to walmart the last motherfucking thing i want to do is make my freedom of fourth amendment stance while I've got fucking ice cream melting in my fucking cart. Yeah. The last thing I want to do is make a political stand in a fucking Walmart. You sent me this link and I didn't have time to read it. It's called, uh, it's in the Atlantic. It's called The Cult of Homework. Yeah. And the byline the, the underneath the, 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 the title is America's devotion to the practice stems in part from the fact that it's what today's parents and teachers grew up with themselves. So tell me a little bit yeah. about this article and what your point is. So let's let's go back a couple of years. It was 2013, 14-ish. I was in Las Vegas and I was staying with uh, Jarrett and Jennifer Keene. Um, okay. Friends of the Ape. Jarrett's mm-hmm. written for the Ape. And awesome people and great contacts here in Vegas. I think them. at the time, their their eldest son was in second or third grade. And whenever I would go to visit there, like the kids made this joke, like, David, will you be our, will you be our stepdad? And they didn't understand the concept of what it takes to become a stepdad. Yeah. So like there's this ongoing joke. But like anyway, so they come home from school and it's time for homework because they've got homework. And they go to a... Uh, I don't prestigious. I don't know. Like they go to a, a good private school. It's not an asshole sure. elitist private school, but it's a you know it's better than the the, the public schools in Las Vegas. Which they're are they're all shit. asshole elitist private schools. Um, all asshole elitist private schools. Yeah, but here's the thing: is that these kids go to school with a lot of um, POCs, so that makes it good. I don't think that makes it any less elitist. It makes it affordable. I don't know how. To, I don't know I don't if it know. makes it any affordable. If you can afford private school, that it's elitist. That's the point. That's the whole concept of private school: is that you are elite enough that you do not have to send your children to the swamp that is public education. Okay, and here's a counter argument to that: if you would accept God and you could be a Catholic or some kind of rich Protestant, then you could send your kids there because you get a discount. You totally lie about that. You need to have I was, God. I was God, God is looking answer, for a job. I was at. looking I, when I was looking for jobs. I thought what I saw one that was a, an events coordinator for a place called Hookers for Jesus. And the only reason I didn't apply was because they insisted that you had to have a relationship with Christ in your life. And I went, yeah, I can't lie that much. Yeah, you can. No, I mean, I would love. It. I, I, like I would totally be the events coordinator for Hookers for Jesus, except I'm not Christian in any way, so I'm not going to make that joke. I'm you don't not have to be Christian. To oh, no, it said you. No, you just have to accept they Jesus were, in your life. No, they were pretty specific in their in their description. They want they okay. want somebody that is devoted to the words of Christ and the Christian way. And it's like I get it. They're called hookers for Jesus. I get it. So you tell but, them uh, you tell them you know a Jew who built things with wood. I did. Yeah. There you go. My so dad you could, did. You know my Harry dad. A, I mean, come on. You could get Harry in a Catholic school, but why would you? Shit, man. We'd want to send him to a Jewish school. Like, I'd rather send him to a Catholic school rather than a Jewish school, but that's the right. whole... All right. So, anyway. So, so tell Dylan, me about the homework. So, yeah. so, the kids come home, and 
I don't think at the time Jarrett wasn't home at the time and I was just working at the table like I do during anyway it's hard to explain like the situation but the kids come home from school and it's homework time and uh, Jarrett's wife Jennifer the kid's mom she's like alright it's it's homework and like immediately like the moment the kids walk in the door there was this tension between mom and kids about the homework and I, I, I step in and I said Jennifer go do your thing. I got this. I'll help with their homework because I figure I can handle third grade, first grade homework, like whatever sure. you know. And it was like something we was like, tell us about Thomas Jefferson, and you know, one of the kids like grew or drew Thomas Jefferson with a beard, and I'm like, that's not correct from what we know, but maybe one day he did have a beard. So fuck it, let's go yeah, with it. Yeah, maybe he didn't shave every day. So Jennifer goes to take a shower because she like just come back from yoga, and she goes to take a shower. And she keeps coming out. She's like, she comes out. She's like, are you guys doing your homework? We're do- are you doing your homework? And we're like, yeah, we're doing the homework. Because we're like talking and engaged. And like, yeah. and every time she came out, it wasn't like we were down with our nose to the grindstone and pencils on the paper, you know, but like we were getting this shit done. And this is not a dig against Jennifer at all. She's a wonderful, wonderful mother. She's an educator herself. She gets it. But like, there was this level of stress between mom and child that was so thick. And at one point, the the older son goes, Mom, I'm doing the homework. Leave me alone. Let me get it done. And she looked at me like, what the fuck? And I go, it's fine. And it really was. It was just... So I, I sent the same story I sent to you, I sent to Jarrett at the same time. And I was like, I'm still haunted by this. It was like eight years ago, six years ago, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. So I was, and at the time I was talking to the kids and, t- and then talked to Jared and Jennifer about it. Like, is this homework? It seems like it's assigned for home. That's why it's called homework. It's not, the way I remember homework when I was in school is that it's like, you get assigned a project or, or a, and not a project, but like, like a, you know, a book report is different, <laughs> but like classwork like this, like tell us about Thomas Jefferson, you know, fill in the blanks, answer these eight questions about math. It was just shit that I couldn't get done during the work time we got in school, so I had to take it home and finish it in time for tomorrow's next class. All right, that makes sense. See, I actually can't recall having homework until probably like fifth grade, fifth, sixth grade. Right, that's the other and thing. Then in, and, then in, and, then, and then like from sixth grade to ninth grade, it was intentional homework. You, This is work for you to do at home and bring in tomorrow. It might have been but intentional then by the time I got in like junior high, high school. Senior, yeah. yeah, sophomore to senior, then it was like, okay, here, uh, we're going to give you so much fucking work, you got to get it done at home. I don't remember exactly, but I sure as shit do not remember going home in second grade and having like no. an hour's worth of homework to do. So the point of this story was... It, does this work? Does homework work? Or do we need to like leave school at school and let kids go home and play and or be involved with their family? Like, And my answer is only, I only have one answer. If you want to go ahead and have school be school, then when they walk in and they have a thousand dollar smartphone, smash it with a fucking hammer because there is no purpose for a smartphone in a school. Okay, so the reason that I was interested in speaking and in talking about this with you was because you were a public educator. Yeah. Not, well, you taught kindergarten, right? I taught kindergarten. Uh, my first two years of teaching, I ended up teaching, like, if you don't count the substitute teaching after I left. Yeah, we won't count job. that, yeah. 
the first two years, I, I pretty much taught kindergarten through eighth grade. Okay. And then I finally moved to a school that was just seventh and eighth grade. And then I was seventh and eighth grade music teacher so, for about nine years. All right. So you're music so teacher. All, so all levels, you didn't yeah. assign homework. It wasn't like, you know, right out of no. Lummy Stick. Four by I was four. Music, you know. I was in music class. Now, granted, I didn't teach. You know, it's like, oh, here's some, here's how to read notes, and here's uh, the little yeah. kids. Yeah, you, little kids, you just sing and you play drums, and you know, you have some fun. You, you make some noise, some yeah, yeah, yeah. You make noise. You have some fun. Um, but once you get to a certain age, then it's like, all right. Especially with the seventh and eighth grade, they they learned the science of sound. They learned, you know, they, I, I taught the eighth graders out of my college music history book you know because mm-hmm. that was part of the thing they learned they had to write essays but no there was no homework so here's here's the thing so this is a, it's a, music this, is a class. this is a paragraph from this story from the atlantic right. the 21st century has so far been a homework heavy era with american teenagers now averaging about twice as much time spent on homework each day as their predecessors did in the 1990s which would be me even little kids are asked to bring school home with them. A 2015 study, for instance, found that kindergartners, who researchers tend to agree shouldn't have any take-home work, were spending about 25 minutes a night on it. That's ridiculous. Kindergartners. Well, I, well the thing is, I know why. I mean, it's not a complicated. It's not a complicated why. The why is parents don't want to be parenting. And kids need stimulation, so when the kids come home, if the teachers have given them some shit to do, then it's proof that the teachers are doing their job, hmm. and okay. it's proof that the parents don't actually have to parent. They can just sit there with their dick in their hand watching Judge Judy Except while they the kids... Can't. I know. Except they can't, because the, the kids bring homework home, and even when there's a faux stepdad in place yeah. to handle the homework, the parent is still freaking out, like, are you getting it done? What's going on? Well, no. That, yeah, I would say Jennifer is unusual, and you know, sending your kid to a private school that would make that you know that's probably more standard for that. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna it. stop you right but there. But I because do not think parents. I do not think parents are that involved with their fucking kids' schooling, or we wouldn't have such shitty public schools. No, no, no. I think that's that's too general. Because here's the thing, I Jennifer, that moment of Jennifer freaking out about, and it was fucking weird. I was like, Jennifer, calm the fuck down. <laughs> But, and thankfully, you know, her son handled it for me. He's like, Ma, back off, which was great. But I see the same sort of like panicky parent craze in Jennifer's eyes as I see in Katie's about Harry's, you know, eating dinner. Like it's, it's the same, it's, it's, it's the parenting mother thing. But here's the thing is that I understand the idea that, 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 Teachers need to prove their worth and prove their, and schools need to prove their value. But it puts so much pressure on the parents because you come home with work and the parents are like, I spent all day at my job. I don't know what the fuck these teachers have taught them. I don't know. I don't remember how to divide fractions. What the fuck? And your, my mom, your teachers are telling off, you this. I don't remember just, it this way. All my it's mom panicky. wanted was don't fucking call me while I'm working to tell me my son has burned something down because that's a bad day. Any day she didn't have to think about me for that time period was fine. She didn't give a shit when my grades were. That she was the was 1970s and 80s when shit yeah. was better. <laughs> I think it was better. Let's I, make America. No, you know what, Don? Let's my make mom America not great again. Or hell like I, my mom, let's put it this way. My mom did not try to get me into college by cheating or spending any money. Because well, you know what I got on my 18th birthday? Uh, uh, it was February. A map out the door? 
I got it was February, so I was halfway through my senior year in high school. And what I got for my birthday in February was a set of luggage. Yep. And a rent bill, and told I had to choose. Jesus Christ! So I chose the rent because, and then the fucking day Did I you graduated, graduate in May though, or June or whatever, like June, yeah. So that's I had to kind pay of rent. dickish though. Like let the yeah, kids finish pretty- high school before that. No, fuck that, because it taught me, I thought it was a good lesson, and it wasn't mean-spirited, it was, you have a choice, you're grown, you're 18 years old now, so, you know, technically you're a man, and so make a choice, and uh, you can either pay rent, because you live here, and, you know, you're not a renter, so you're gonna throw in some cash to pay for the bullshit, or, here's some luggage, fare thee well, and I went, well, it's not pragmatic for me to leave home while I still have six months of school left, so I'll pay rent. And then I'll get the fuck out of here. And I mean, two days after I graduated, I had moved out. Sure. Well, but and he, not like angry either. I just had moved out. But here's the thing. Here's the issue that that I have with homework. And I, again, the story I tell about about Jared and Jennifer and their kids was way before I had kids of my own. And even now, like this is way before. I mean, at least four years, five years out from when Harry is going to have to start dealing with homework. Oh yeah, yeah. And not even considering how bad of a student I was. This is... Yeah. I get it if it's like, all right, here's the last half hour of class. We're going to work on word problems. If you don't finish, whatever you don't finish, take home and finish and bring it back to, to class tomorrow. I get that. Sure. I'm totally on board with that. The longer projects, like create a diorama about the Kennedy assassination, third grader, like you need a week to do like homework like that, fine. Book report, I get it. But yeah. like this weird busy work bullshit doesn't fly with me because it's bullshit yeah leave the shit at home because kids and adults we all need we all need to leave this shit like we we cannot focus on this stuff at all times if i'm i know that when i am uh working on on a on a big story or something like a big project or something you know from for a client or whatever and and if i spend eight hours straight on it I'm fucking useless. I get about three hours in and I'm like, I, I need to take a break. And I have to go and shoot hoops at the park or fucking jerk off or like something different. You've got to break up what you're doing because that allows your brain the freedom to think outside of what it's doing. It prevents you from getting tunnel vision. And this is science and it's been proven in several studies and it's it's stupid to make a kid who's far less disciplined than I am, and I'm barely disciplined, if at all. Uh, but you know, a seven-year-old, a fucking five-year-old, a twelve-year-old, and a sixteen-year-old to like school, come home, school, and then and then what? All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing is uh, take your homework and fucking tear it up. Send it, you know, no, don't do that. Send it to me. I'll let my dog eat it. All right, no, but really, my first thing is a watch. Uh, it's watch. It's on Netflix. Uh, Ricky Gervais's Humanity, his stand-up special on Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's very good. It's really, really funny because it's Ricky Gervais. It's really insightful because it's Ricky Gervais. And it's really... It answers the question about what makes a rape joke funny, or yeah. or, or what makes a rape joke, or but, or what makes it yeah yeah. All right, yeah. that's good. I, yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, my first one is a listen. It is a brand new podcast 
Um, it is uh, Academy Award winner Remy Malik. Love me some Remy. Is an apocalyptic thriller. He plays a small town radio DJ fighting to protect his family and community after the power grid goes down nationwide, upending modern civilization. It's called Blackout. Um, there's not. It's, it's just kind of rolling. It's new episodes every Tuesday, but it is. It's great. Uh, like radio drama, it's great theater. Uh, like Foley work and uh, hey, it's I about it. radio. Uh, no, he's a DJ. Okay, I mean that's how that's yeah. kind of the, the the way they. Okay, it's on there, Netflix. There's a, it's a device. No, it's a podcast. Oh, it's a podcast. Okay, yeah, it's a podcast called Blackout, and it is. Uh, it, and if you like sort of radio drama kind of thing, and this is very modern, it's really smart. Um, I really enjoyed it. The reason I that I asked like is it radio is it about radio because like is this a, like if you like this podcast would you like the last DJ a book about radio by David Himmel I think you would so maybe I should buy some advertising on the on blackout on blackout <laughs> give okay. Remy a call you know right, I'll shoot him a quick text yeah sure all right so my next thing is a is another watch uh, I believe it's on Showtime watch the shy. And I've I've recommended this yeah. last year. During You've the, recommended this before, yeah. So the second season is back. Uh, yep. Oh, it's just the acting is so good, and it's you know there's a special place because it's Chicago. We're here. I'm in Chicago now. But I, I was talking to my our nanny about it, who is a born and raised raised her kids in the in the South Side, on the South Side, uh, black woman. And I was talking to her about it, and I was like, oh, I fucking love the shy. She rolled her eyes so far back in her head, and I have yet to figure out if that's because she either doesn't like it, because it's like, bullshit, I live this, this is not what it is, or it's like, ah, oh, fucking white liberal motherfucker. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't it. know what it is, and I... Probably a little bit of both, my yeah, friend. Yeah, but it's uh, it really is... Because uh, here's the other thing, is that the Showtime has another show, the, you know... Uh, uh, Lakeview. No, what the fuck is uh, with, with <laughs> It's William called the H. Lincoln Mason. Yards. What? Oh, don't get the Lincoln Yards <laughs> thing, dude. Um, Shameless, you know, is based in Chicago. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that the shy puts a grittier, truer, uh, but specifically black person in Chicago view on it, which is necessary. Yeah, so it's good. It's, it's, just, good it's to a watch. really, it's a really good, good show. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My second is a read. Um, again, it's on longreads.com, mm-hmm. as we always know. It is called, the title is Against Hustle, Jenny O'Dell is Taking Her Time at the End of the World. Um, the, the Under the, the headline is, The Attention Economy is Killing Us and the Planet. Artist and writer Ginny O'Dale talks about why slowing down could be the only way to survive. And this is there's this quote. There's a great quote out of it that I loved it. It says, there's this weird cognitive violence to seeing a joke online followed by something really terrible. And it makes both the joke and the disturbing thing make even less sense. Sure. It's a really, really, really good article about sort of looking at this thing that's the internet and trying to make sense out of it, like watching these fucking long-ass compilations of people freaking out and trying to make it as entertainment, because it is entertaining, but it's also real people. It's like, how do you 
yeah. connect those things. Yeah. So it's a very good piece. Against Hustle, Jenny O'Dell is taking her time at the end of the world. Yeah, because it poses the ultimate question. Like when you post those those videos and you freak out like that, what do you think is going to happen? Look at that guy who freaked out about Britney. Like, give Britney a break or whatever the yeah. fuck that that did not go well for him. Mm-mm. This is and that was before Instagram even existed. Mm-hmm. Learn from their mistakes. All right. Uh, so my last thing, <laughs> my last thing is a read. Uh, one of our one of our writers. We want him to write more. Eric Lewin, this is for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one of our performers in the first Las Vegas Bug House. The first Las Vegas Bug House. At the Bug House in that, downtown Las Vegas. And that podcast, the Bug House podcast from Vegas, will be dropping tomorrow. Uh, Eric Lewin has, uh, he wrote a novel called Son of Influence. Yeah, Son of Influence. Read Son of Influence. It's available on, I mean, the easiest way is Amazon. Just type in Eric Lewin, Son of Influence. Uh, check out his book, and then check out his stuff on Literate Eight. But read Eric, yeah. Eric uh, Lewin's novel, Son of Influence. Outstanding. And my final thing is go see Shazam. Okay. DC has made two, in my opinion, good movies. Which ones? Wonder Woman. Okay. Wonder Woman is an excellent movie. It's a lot of fun. Shazam is... And it's not. A lot of people have seen the trailer and think, oh, Shazam's a kid's movie. It is not a kid's movie because the evil parts with Mark Strong, you know, it, man, it is evil. It, it, it's like Zack Snyder fucking violent and evil. Ooh. But the funny stuff with uh, Billy Batson learning to yeah. be Shazam and all the games they play with what his name is. Because the thing about it is they can't, can't, they can't call him Captain Marvel because... There's already Captain, you know, Captain Marvel already took the well, name. Well, that's Captain important Marvel. because in in the comic book, the actual yeah. like printed paper he bounded was, comic he books, was he was Captain Marvel. Marvel. But they changed it so they couldn't call right. him Captain Marvel. So the joke is his his like brother coming up with like Captain Sparkle fingers. My favorite one is Thundercrack, and 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 Shazam looks over at him and goes, "Yeah, that's kind of a." But thing, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, but the funny stuff, it is rare for me to laugh that Don Hall huge <laughs> braying, I don't care who hears me laugh. Right. In most things. Right. This movie, I, I was belly laughing multiple times. <laughs> it is a really fun movie, and I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And I cried at the end. See, that's perfect. That's like a good wedding it's toast like, or a good funeral eulogy. You laugh most of the a, time. You cry a bit. And I, it's a good movie. I, I, I'm excited. I have not seen it yet, so I will. This week's a little bit busy. I'm gonna do. I will yeah. see it in the theaters. Yeah, but I, I, I love good. Zachary Levi. I mean, Zachary Levi. Yeah, he's like, so in Chuck, funny in this. He, I. So yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah. Rock and roll. And there's and the that. show, Don. God damn it! As as it is always, it was a fucking pleasure talking to you. Rock and roll. Thanks same, for, thanks. same back at Yeah, you. whatever. Shut up. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like and share and tell your friends about it. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> you can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. 
Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>